Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Polar Opposites. I'm your host, Nam's Compendium, and joined with me is my good friend and co-host, That Boy Aqua. Hello. However, today is a bit of a special episode since we actually have a third co-host for today. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. So why don't you introduce yourself, mysterious third voice? Am I the, am I the special guy? Yeah, it's yeah. you. Uh, that's crazy. Um, anyways, hey there, I'm uh, the stick figure himself, Adam, otherwise known as Oziak, and I do reviews and analysis of different games, shows, whatever the heck I'm feeling, um, mainly Persona, That's that tends to be what people show up for. I don't know, I showed up for that one Toradora video, it was pretty good. You, you among, like, five other people, but you have my endless gratitude. I showed up for the chair. See, that's <laughs> that's how I know you're, like, a true fan. Yeah. <laughs> the classics. The chair video was good. Mm-hmm. So, um, how are we all, gentlemen? Uh, doing all right. Uh, lately, in my free time, I've been binging a lot of Resident Evil games. Like, a lot of them. Like, I've already played a couple of them beforehand. Like, I played, I played 7, I played 8, I played uh, 2 Remake and 4. But recently... I've played through all the classic ones, like all like the PS1 games, like the remake of the first one, which I never played before. And it feels kind of... <laughs> you ever like play something and you're like, fuck, I wish I played it earlier? Mm. Yeah, that was Dishonored for me. Yeah. It, it's like that because I don't know, like I'm one of those weirdos that can play a lot of old games and not really complain all too much. Like even the tank controls <laughs> aren't even that bad. Like... I'm so used to them now, just so I can glide across everything. Yeah, almost like all of that series is just like fantastic. Even even the uh, the more divisive games like Six, I still think are just like stupid, insane fun. Oh yeah, uh, Six is like a being big, dumb, goofy action game. It's right up my alley. Yeah, but it's, it's beautiful. And this is a perfect example of being polar opposites because I fucking hate old games. All right, to put things Tank in the context, uh, dog so shit. I'm so sorry to interrupt Boomers. you. Uh, put it into context. This has been a conversation that Nolan and I have had on multiple different occasions. I think this is the first time we brought it up, too, on the show. Yeah, yeah. And people, there's comments all the time go, Oh, why are they polar opposites if they agree with everything? If you want us to fucking argue, just mention one of two things. Mention I know old games or Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Adam, settle this. Does Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated look good? I don't think so. Let's Fuck. fucking go. I think oh, that game man, looks dude, like no. Mondo ass. I think you Battle guys for Bikini are Bottom Rehydrated insane. looks like dog shit. Dude, the original game looks like it's in fucking grayscale. Yeah, and I'd rather have that than no. brightness I, and contrast like all the, the way up. The original, the original game definitely has that like PS2 era like THQ feel to it because, you know, yeah. it's a, P, a PS2 THQ game. But... It still has that style, and it's trying its best to capture SpongeBob. While the new version has, you know, better models, it's just y you crank that saturation and contrast up to the, the highest degree, and slightly, like, you run those textures through an HD processor, and, and you got the new game. Have fun. I think the new one looks so good, though. Like, it, it looks like the, the cartoon, like, it looks like the show. <laughs> I think you're. I don't think the cartoon has 3D models running around. I'm a. No, no, no. But I mean, like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, the, the the colors is what I'm saying. Like the saturation and shit. It looks like a cartoon. I don't know. It looks more like the the second movie that came out. Remember? Yeah, Sponge Out of Water. It looks more like the, the 3D models they used in that. But I didn't like the way that looked either. I mean, I guess like it, it's fine. You know, people can be wrong. 
It's yeah. four opposites, everyone. <laughs> it's so it's like awful though. I hate rehydrated. The new one looks fine. Like it looks a bit better, but it still has the new game. Yeah. Oh yeah, the the new game is built around that art style. It's like, not like they, they had that plan going in. Yeah, they're when not like repurposing. Out? They're not like Crash Insane trilogying the fucking SpongeBob game anymore. Wait, what do you mean in, insane trilogy? Was something wrong with that? The models in that game look fucking awful. Oh, I never. I, I love the models in that game. I think that they look nice. I, I see. This the, this is the kind of discourse we need. I boys. hate the way <laughs> I hate the way Crash looks in that game. He looks disgusting. And then my He's a Bandicoot. Yeah, but he looks way better in four. But I don't like four as a game. I think you shaming his appearances honestly is more disgusting than anything you could th- say about that yeah, game. I shouldn't say you that. Should That's a little rude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So what we can we can slander Battle for Bikini Bottom rehydrated, but the moment we talk about an animal, then you know suddenly things start. Now we're getting offensive. Hey, sponges are animals. Yeah, aren't sponges like alive? Yeah, SpongeBob is an animal. He's he's the fucking goat. All right, and I can't believe you're you're not putting respect on his game. He's a, he's a fucking sponge, dude. It's in his name. Yeah, he's, he's a freaking bob. Name. He's also a bob. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, getting back to it. Um, further context to the whole me not liking older games. I also enjoyed Saints Row, the the new one. So, big grain of salt, boys. Ooh. Ew. And I was recent. I was just telling Nick about this. I, I I had fun with Saints Row. I paid for it with my own money, so I tried my best to have fun with it. But when I went back to play Grand Theft Auto Five, which released almost a decade earlier, oh man, it's um it's a lot better and a lot more fun. And wasn't G- maybe what's up? Wasn't GTA 5 2011? I think that's more than a decade. Oh, no, no it's 2013. 2013. I remember because okay, um, right. I was in high school when it came out, and I started high school in like 2012. Mm-hmm. I remember I was because I was 13 at the time, and I didn't have a job, and I had to beg my parents to take me to get GTA 5. Mommy, please, and I want to shoot people. Yeah, that was literally... I told her, I was like, dude, I don't care about like the boobs or drugs. I just want to drive cars. And it was true. I, I, I you know, even to this day, I play Honey Pop for the puzzles. Don't care about boobs in video games. Exactly. And I, uh, yeah, I just realized that game is so ahead of its time. And I almost feel like it's almost unfair to compare a game to GTA 5 because GTA 5 is so good. And so it feels ahead of its time, really, like in a, in a lot of ways. I know level design wise, you could argue that it doesn't have the most in-depth mechanics. Like I've noticed a lot of uh, activities generally boil down to just like shooting or driving. And maybe people have a problem with that. But as far as details and immersive elements of it it really stands the test of time and feels like it's barely aged at all and it makes saints row 2022 look so bad in comparison there there's a reason they keep re-releasing that game like it's basically a meme at this point but that game does hold up superbly well um that did remind me though did either of you see the gta 6 leaks (laughs) Yeah. From, like, oh, yeah. last night. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a hot topic. It's a little spicy. Those leaks pissed me off so hard because there are dudes in the comments like, bro, what the fuck is this? This looks like pre-alpha. And it's like, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it, it might honestly be pre-pre-alpha. If it's we're not even real. like a game right now. It's <laughs> just so it's just like empty Assets. room with like, yeah, okay, this is going to be a really weird like way of phrasing it. Did you guys ever play fucking the Ratchet games, like the old ones? Yeah. Define old. Oh yeah, uh, I can't say that. The uh, the ones that came out on the PS2. Yeah, Nolan hates them. Uh, yeah. No, well, I, I just never played them. I, yeah, I played. You'd probably uh, hate the, them. Probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Those games had an unlockable museum 
for the, that like showed off game development stuff for the games. And there's like a room where it has like measurements and like lines that tell you like the distance between objects because that's how they were like testing out the fucking the jump height, the jump length and all that. It's like that's what GTA 6 is like right now. It's like a oh, debug yeah. room. But like everyone's just freaking out over something that's not even like a game yet. Like this game isn't coming out for another like 3 years minimum. Yeah, I'd it, say it doesn't even have a trailer. It hasn't been announced. All they've said is that they're working on it. The closest thing is when they said that they were working on it. Like I don't like what do you like expect? In a vague sense. It would be like if the um Insomniac Spider-Man game if that like beta test alpha thing they made so long ago was leaked when they were just prototyping the game. It's like, dude, it looks so unfinished. It looks so bad. It's like, my brother, it's like not a game yet. Who are you to judge? Dude, contrast that with skate players who got the skate for pre 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 alpha that was like untextured, barely playable, and they were all in love with it. They're like, this is going to be the best game ever. <laughs> I want to say a final thing about the whole not liking older games thing. It's not that I don't like inherently don't like um, older games. Like I still have nostalgia for games I grew up playing, such as uh, Scooby-Doo Unmasked for the PlayStation 2. Fantastic game. Absolutely love it. But it's more that I am so accustomed to and spoiled by modern games that going back to something that has tank controls is genuinely a painful experience for me. And for example, Resident Evil uh, is is just like the older ones. I feel like I would not be able to get through them. Uh, a personal example is Skate 2, the controls off your board when walking around are horrendous and i can't stand them and going from skate 3 where it's super refined and normal to skate 2 just i i can't i can't do it can't do it and that's not to and that has nothing to do with graphics by the way it's mostly just uh gameplay stuff because i i still like games that have uh not bad graphics but low poly or pixel art or something like that no yeah i i'm the complete opposite where I can play any game from, like, the PS1 to Sega Saturn era where they had no clue what they were doing whatsoever control-wise, just entering a broad new horizon of trying to figure out what'll best work for 3D. And they failed miserably. And they had no clue what they were doing. And I'll just deal with it. And I'll just be like, I'm just going to win. I don't even care. And then I lose. But I still have fun. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the total opposite of you there. I wouldn't even lump tank controls into that, like, I guess, um, pile. Because tank controls, they, in Resident Evil's case, they used them until Resident Evil 6. 5 had tank controls. What what generation was 5 released on? The Xbox 360. Horrendous. And it played just fine. Resident Evil 4 is still considered one of the best games ever made. Yeah, and I haven't played any of the Resident Evil games. Like, I'm literally talking shit about a game. I, I don't even know what Resident Evil 5 looks like, so. It's hypothetical garbage. Yeah. It's all about how well it's designed around its limited control scheme. And I think even starting from the first one, they have always been fair about it. That's, that's the thing. I, I think tank controls work very well in a survival horror setting because the limit, like it, it's been overset a lot, but like the limitations of the movement there add a ton to the stress and anxiety of, oh crap, there's like freaking nemesis or whatever, run for your life. It is horrific in its own way. A final thing I want to say about uh, old games that I can't stand is I can't stand not having autosave. That's it. Yeah, good then. Hmm? 
<laughs> I'll fight you. I'll fight you. Yeah, I gotta get good. I gotta make sure my my fucking power doesn't go out in the middle of a Pokemon run. I'm personally gonna uh, delete your save. What are you gonna do then? Die. You pick Charmander. I want Bulbasaur. I would never pick Charmander. I'm a Bulbasaur guy. Okay, well I want Charmander now. Once again, like a lack of <laughs> autosave, I think is a case by case thing. If it's like a really casual, yeah. laid back game, like it should have autosaves. Yeah. Or but I think. Uh, and I think games like uh, specifically, I bring this up because I got really pissed off in Near Automata, and I actually, it's been weeks since I've gone back to this game because of this. Um, the game had a very uh, near takes you to a lot of different places in the world, and like once you get into the story, things start happening very quickly, and you don't always have the opportunity to save. You can only save at specific points at the game, and throughout most of the game, they're pretty forgiving. Uh, I I'd say that they're they're quite fair. And you never go more than five or ten minutes without a save point. And if you die, you respawn at your save point. And the story was getting very good. And it's not always clear where and when you can save. And so I don't know if this was a bug. Because basically there was a, a save point finally after 20 minutes that I couldn't... It wouldn't let me use and I couldn't figure out why. And then I ended up dying. And I lost about an hour and a half worth of progress. Because I realized that through all of these cutscenes and stuff, I was I never thought to save. And when I was given a blatant opportunity to save, I something bugged. Because when I went back, it, I was able to save. But it was losing an hour and a half of progress made me really, really upset. And I just think that's... I don't understand why you don't have autosave. You could argue in something like Skyrim, having autosave... Uh, you don't want autosave in case you make different decisions. But games like Skyrim have autosave and manual save, which I think should be a... A given um and and especially in near's case when you have like five phase boss fights it's really frustrating to die on the last phase and just you know have to go back 20 30 minutes or something like that i i, I find that because i just hate having my time wasted so i i find that very frustrating and i don't like it i want to tell you guys about some news uh and and i don't want to get too far into this because you know, we, we got to talk about Adam at some point, but we're going to talk about a different content creator, okay? Okay. Uh, there's there's a little bit of drama that's going on. And the only reason I'm talking about this, because this is kind of um, bad for the person in question, but it is everywhere on Twitter right now. And so I thought it'd be interesting to hear your guys' take on it. Uh, mm -hmm. Basically, there's, these, uh, there's this Twitch streamer by the name of Slicker, uh, S-L-I-K-E-R. And he... I don't know, he seems like Among Us or whatever. Like he, he's just like gaming streamer. I don't know what he does. I, I haven't. I, I don't really watch him that much. I don't watch Twitch. And he, uh, oh, okay. Well, I do know what he does. He gambles on stream occasionally. And he over he over the course of the last twenty four hours has been exposed for basically asking streamers, viewers, moderators, and everyone he can for money. And when this all came out, he basically explained it, and he said that he developed a gambling addiction and at first it was just he needed you know 50 bucks here 500 bucks here to pay some bills because he was broke and spending all of his money on gambling uh and then it just started going up and what he would do is he would ask somebody for money and we're talking like a couple thousand dollars like one to i think the highest one person gave him in total was like 15 dollars 15 thousand at, at one time and he would pay off whatever bills were overdue or pay off whatever thing he had to pay off and then he would save some of it for himself and gamble it all away to try and win big so that he could pay the person back oh, no. on top of the other people. And so eventually he racks up a hundred thousand in debt. Oh. And oh, no. a different streamer called Trainwrecks TV 
uh, he, big streamer, big streamer, huge. Um, he says, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars if you just clear this debt because you, because he owes his viewers money, other streamers money. And they're all at him. Like, where's our money, man. And, and he's trying to keep it personal. And train wreck says like, look, I'll give you this, this lifeline, basically opportunity of a lifetime. And, and what does slicker do? He takes it and he tries to win big with it. Oh no. Oh my. That's literally the plot of a Breaking Bad episode. Why would you do that? And he then, um, um, when, when once this, this is all exposed, exposed, people, everyone starts coming out of the woodworks. Yep, this is how much I sent him. This is how much I sent him. It is an accumulated. He has borrowed three hundred thousand dollars in total, and that's how much he owes people supposedly. And so he goes on stream to talk about it. And it was it was something else. It was it was really uncanny, you know. Um, as much as this is horrible, I, I guess like props to him in, in some way for he did take full responsibility for it. He basically said like I have a problem. I don't like I I need to get help. He said like I wasn't trying to scam everyone. It was just I I'm addicted, and it's just I I bring this up because I I want to know you know what do you guys think about that? Because personally for me that makes me sick to my stomach because I've seen firsthand what gambling can like do to somebody and and what it can do to their financial situation like gambling i see my my gambling addiction peaked on like dragon veil as an 11 year old <laughs> buying gems on my ipad um but no like stuff like that will seriously screw with people's lives and like you know props to him for admitting it and being open about it i I wish there were more people keeping him in check so he wouldn't gamble away $100,000. From the sounds of it, it sounded like nobody knew aside from him. Because these these people that he was borrowing money from weren't talking to each other because they didn't know any better. And even in the stream, he, he said, oh my God, what am I going to do when my dad finds out? When my dad hears about this, he's going to kill me. That's so bad. Well, it's because these people, they know it's wrong. That's the thing. And like, There's the double-sided coin of... You know, there being kind of that guilt and being trapped in that and, you know, having that anxiety and not wanting to tell people. But also, like, how culpable are you of that when you do have the opportunity to, you know, form, like, support systems or people to keep you in check? How much weight do you hold on, you know, that kind of illness versus your own responsibility? I don't know, but it sucks. I think Moist Critical put it in a very uh, good way. Good way where he said that you can, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. He said you can uh, feel sympathy for someone's mental health issues, i.e., a gambling addiction, and still hold them accountable for the wrong uh, wrongdoings that they've done. And I, I think that's kind of where I'm at. It's like y you hate seeing someone in that position. You hate seeing somebody uh, being consumed by gambling, especially when, especially if they're a gambling streamer. Where it's like their addiction is literally their job, um, but at the same time, it's like that's so fucked up. And so I, sorry, I want to give the floor to to Nick. What do you think about this? I know it's a horrible situation, but it, I I don't I don't really feel bad for him because he did something pretty deplorable. Yep, he took advantage of people's good faith and goodwill, essentially extorted his fan base and friends, and. I hope he does get the help he needs, but in terms of, like, goodwill and, like, moral compass, like, that's fucked up. Like, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I think when you're exploiting your fans and, like, again, being lent $100,000, you'd think would 
you know, send a clear message of use it for this, please. And when, again, the addiction, I imagine, is pretty bad, especially when fueled by a Twitch career. But it's not impossible to resist those urges. You kind of have to just power through it, as unfortunate as it can be, especially that he didn't. So, yeah, it's just rough. And like yeah. if he racked up over a hundred thousand dollars in debt, and th- that guy helped him out, did he not tell him at that point why he had that? Like that's a hundred thousand dollars. No, yeah. So the the guy Trainwrecks who gave him the money supposedly was yelling at him, saying like, "You need to stop this," and yada yada, and just it basically shouldn't want to see his friend go into debt. But he didn't know why he was in debt. I think he did. I can't guarantee, but it sounded like he was aware that it was a a gambling thing. It had to have been like, there's no, you don't just hear I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt and then go, oh, here, let me help you out without being like, what the fuck happened? Like, what did you do? Yeah, for sure. So here's the further development that I, that I'm really curious to hear what you think, because I think I might have a hot take on this, Um, but XQC and Ludwig, two other massive streamers, have said that they are collectively gonna they're gonna come together and they're gonna make sure that every person who basically got scammed is gonna get their money back and it's gonna be out of their wallet. And what do you what do you think about that solution to the the issue here? Um that is very generous of them if they do go through with that. That's extremely generous, actually. And big ups to them if they if it all goes smoothly and all that, that is super cool. But um, they shouldn't associate themselves with that guy anymore afterwards. I also, I, I guess this is on a smaller scale, like a, I guess smaller scale way to look at it. But I don't know how that really fixes Slickers kind of like situation. It kind of just gives him a get out of jail free card. And like, yeah, he's in a garbage pit. I, I do not envy being in that pit at all, but I feel like, Something has to be done. I'm not saying they have to associate themselves with this. It's awesome they're doing this, but they. I feel like something has to be done to cut that issue out at the source and do something, anything. I don't know. I don't think they're fixing Slicker's situation. They're helping the people who were affected by him, and I think that is entirely different. Mm. But I don't think, like, like, if they're friends with this guy or not, I don't know. But if they were, I don't think they should want to, like, bail him out of any of these, like pits because yeah no matter what his credibility his public reputation is ruined now forever like when you hear this guy you're going to think i got a hundred thousand dollars from my viewers and friends and i kept gambling it away and i did not pay them back mm-hmm. i yeah and I, i'm in a similar spot with adam where i i think it is generous and it's great for the victims but i also feel like he was already given a one hundred thousand dollar get out of jail free card and was not able to fix his issue so i'm wondering if this wipes all of his debt i mean the the only thing stopping him from getting more money is from people knowing about the reason that he's asking for money because he was lying the whole time he'd say like oh my car broke down i need to fix a part or whatever and so the only hope is that people just stop giving him money that's the thing like and there's two kind of contrasting ways to look at it like it could either go he gets like bailed out by this and is no longer in debt And then he's like, okay, I went too far. I'm going to get this fixed. You know, maybe go to therapy or something, whatever. Not going to do it again. Or in the worst timeline goes, oh, well, people are just going to resolve the situation for me again if I just keep doing this. 
all right, back to the grind, which would be horrible. Uh, and I hope that does not happen because uh, that would not be good. I would just say best case scenario is people get their money back and then slicker due to the obvious public embarrassment. And I mean, I'd be lying if I said there weren't so many people just poking fun at him and, and making jokes at, at his expense. I'm hoping such a mass onslaught of criticism and humiliation makes him have some sort of self-reflection and, and say like, okay, like I need to change this because again, like his reputation, that's huge for him. That's his career. Like as influencers, our reputation is everything. And, and so, you know, hopefully that is enough for him to have a bit of a wake up call. And again, I, I don't bring up this topic as a means of shitting on him more or anything like that. I just think it's, it, I just thought it was interesting. And I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's pretty insane because that's something you don't see every day. At least not uh, on such a public scale. I think regardless, his reputation is permanently in the water. Yeah, it'll take a couple years to come back from it. And even then, it's going to be a permanent blemish. Even then, it's going to be like the whole, hey, remember that time Slicker fucking gotten this much debt? It's like how people still joke about the fine bros thing, the CSGO lotto thing. Or it's like... Uh... It's like the Keemstar thing where Keemstar does something horrible every week and all people can talk about is when he said the N-word like 15 years ago. He does something like <laughs> really awful in a day and then instead of talking about that, they talk about the time he told to Total Biscuit, can't wait to report your death. It's like, yeah, that's that also really bad, bad, but though. like it's, yeah. it just goes to show that there's always the never forget mentality. I'm literally suffering from that right now because of my Uncharted video. <laughs> <laughs> i dude can i can i talk about this because i think this is so like oh man i took an insecurity l last night um as of recording this i posted my new uncharted 4 video and it was like flopping hard when i first put it out and i was like oh that's weird and following youtube's advice they were like hey you should change the title and thumbnail and so i did and i changed it to one that was more um enticing i said uh, this is the most divisive Uncharted game because I believe it is. There were a lot of creative decisions that were made in Uncharted 4 uh, that were very different from the trilogy uh, prior to it. And a lot of people disagreed. And so because of that, then they were saying I was clickbaiting. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't think I'm clickbaiting because I make a case in the video for why it's so divisive. Like, here are all the problems that people had with it. Here are all the changes that were made. And yet um, it, it was, it was, it seemed, I think, clearly a case of people not having an issue with the video necessarily but just the title and so i posted on twitter i was like fellow content creators what do you guys think and it was like all the content creators said no it's fine it's not clickbait like it's just it's just a good title and thumbnail and then every non-content creator was like no this is disingenuous <laughs> and so i was like what the fuck so i end up saying like i don't want to basically i don't want to be seen as somebody who does clickbait because i don't think i do i think i definitely have enticing titles and thumbnails um and i think there are one or two cases where I definitely come close to riding the line of clickbait, but I, I don't want to actively deceive the viewer. And so I was like, you know what, just for the the sake of just as, a, as an act of good faith, I'll just change it anyways. And now I'm getting even more comments making fun of me for changing the title and thumbnail again. And the reason I bring this up is because as we were sitting here, I checked my comments and I got another comment on the video said, Oh, oh, the video is doing badly. Time to change it for the 10th time. <laughs> oh, no. And yeah, why are there three different thumbnails? I witnessed every title change this video had. Went through like three thumbnails and titles. Lol. I wonder how many times he will change the title. 
I've clicked on this video three times and each time it had a different thumbnail and title, LMAO. Why does the title for this video keep changing? It's all anyone's talking about. Fuck. <laughs> it's a, oh my and, God. Dude, and Nick, you fucking told me. You warned me last night. I was like, I think I should just change it. Um, I should just change it uh, anyways, just so then people aren't like mad at me. And he's like, oh, they'll just make fun of you for changing the thumbnail. I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, no, nah, it'll just be like two or three people. No, they'll just do it again. No, dude. And it's like so many comments in a row. This man has changed the title and thumbnail of this video three times now. Let's see if he'll go for a fourth. Uh, having trouble to de- having trouble deciding on a title, huh? I swear this is the third time. <laughs> it, it doesn't help that it was a. This is all in the span of a day, not even. Yeah, and it was just so the video did bad, and within like two hours, I changed the thumbnail and title the first time, and then I changed it again like uh, seven or eight hours later. No, maybe like ten later that night. Anyways. Yeah. But it's because, like, if somebody's... Because there were multiple comments saying that it was clickbait, and they all had, like, a couple of likes. So I'm like, okay, clearly there's some people who feel this way because... And I and I don't like saying this, but it, it is hard to gauge what people actually think because it's like, I, I see, you know, five out of 100 comments are like, this is clickbait. And then I look at my statistics that are... That say click-through rate is high, watch time is high. So, like, clearly there there isn't an issue... And so I, I just, it's hard for me to really gauge, is this just a very vocal minority or is this actually an issue? And so, yeah. I mean, that, that's just one of those things that I've always found fascinating of there being a very clear divide between the audience experience and the creator experience. Because, like, there are a few, you know, like, viewers who keep in touch with kind of how the YouTube space works and kind of the, like, the games of it and what you need to do to keep up. Mm-hmm. But... Ultimately, most people are just witnessing it from he put a review score in the in the thumbnail. He's trying to make me think something. I don't. What is yeah. wrong with him? <laughs> um, yeah, but like it, it's a very different thing that I'm not saying a lot of audience members inherently are expected to. But there is a very, very uh, low to non-existent sympathy from audiences of understanding why situations are like that because you know. If you if you put a uh, an eye catching thumbnail, you're clickbaiting, and clickbaiting is just to get money, and getting money is bad because you can't make profit off of the video you put effort into. Yeah, because how dare you want to make the video that you spent actually hundred hours on perform well? Damn. Well, and that's what I find weird. It's like it, it seems as though some people want you to not do the things that you need to in order to be successful they're like no stay on your grind king but if you put a metacritic score in the thumbnail fuck you (laughs) it's like that's what we have to do in order to get our video out there and if we don't then we don't make as much money on the uh video we can't afford to keep making them at the pace that we're going and chances are a lot of people who end up really liking the videos wouldn't have clicked on uh you know the prior thumbnail in the first place and so it's like it's this weird thing of you're not allowed to basically play the meta game you know in a perfect reality like we would be able to name videos whatever creative thing we want which you technically can but you know name it whatever you want that you think would be just like a creative fitting title just make like a you know just a simple single frame like nothing thumbnail or a super artsy one whatever you want to do and just not care and then People will use their super senses to see uh, that's a that's a quality product uh, and watch it and you get a trillion views. 
that's not the utopia we live in. We don't live in one. So it it helps to more so take videos at the value that's in them. Like I don't I don't care how people clickbait videos. I'll watch them and see how they actually are, which I don't blame people for not doing as much because you know, how else are you going to click on the video? And it's easy to make early assumptions about a video's content based on the thumbnail, but I don't know. It's it's literally the concept of don't judge a book by its cover. It's just odd. It's an unfortunate, like, circumstance of how much YouTube values um, homepage clicks now. Yep. Views from the front page whenever you upload are the most important right now. And unfortunately, I, this is something that I see a lot of viewers say, and and. I don't mean to seem as though I'm talking down to them, but I just don't think they get it. Um, they, they say things like, you just need to make a better video. If your video is good, it'll stand on its own. And that's not true at all. That's People how can't tell if a video is good by just looking at a title and thumbnail. They don't know it's a good video until they're brought to the video. For example, my Uncharted 4 video, when it first came out, Click-through rate was horrible. Nobody wanted to click on it. People who did said it was great. I've gotten multiple messages now saying it's one of the best videos I've ever put out. But people don't know that by just looking at a title and thumbnail. And chances are 90% of them are not going to click to find out. And I think if you're asking that a creator rely on that 10% that maybe will click on it. And, and I, actually, I'm it's closer to like a 2% that actually will click on the video. If you're asking for a creator to rely on that, you are basically asking for your uh, favorite creators to continually be like this starving artist that makes no money from their videos and has no success success whatsoever because they're not allowed to make a simple change to a title and thumbnail to make the video perform better, i.e. my Dishonored video. My Dishonored video was fine until it, it was doing fine, but then when I changed the title and thumbnail, the video is the exact same, but then more people clicked on it. And it got way more views and it enabled that video to do as well as it did, which I don't think it would have had my uh, had it stayed with the original title and thumbnail, which I'll admit the original one did look much prettier. But the game's game, man, like that's a good thumbnail is not always a uh, a good thumbnail, <laughs> if that makes sense. And like a lot of the audiences just fundamentally don't understand the creator experience, which I can I can attest to in kind of the weirdest tangent of all time. So, uh, as of now, I am the smallest creator in this current uh, current little chat, uh, but you both better watch your backs. You're going to <laughs> Yeah, but so, I think I had about maybe 2,000 subs when this happened. It was right around the time my first video started to take off. I think I had released my second video, and at the time, I was having a really bad housing situation, so I put up a GoFundMe in hopes to, like, you know, help raise a little bit of money, just anything to help, you know make me not homeless and i got a dm from a from a viewer who was chastising me because they're like um dude what the heck is the point of this like don't you make like ten thousand dollars per video what the so heck is this like, i remember that I, story. <laughs> my last video got i believe ten thousand views in the span of like two months at the time and ten thousand views converts to like 20 bucks yeah, dude, as you know, $1 per view. Exactly. Um, and my, my second video, I think, was like maybe around 30, 40K. Um, so it's just a very weird situation where I'm like, I had to go, listen, listen, dude, I don't, I don't think you understand this. I think I've made about, no, my first video didn't even get money. 
He wasn't even eligible yeah. at the time. Um, so yeah, through YouTube, I had probably made about 20 bucks total. Well, I think that's a, a another big issue is that people overestimate how much creators make. Like, I'm going oh, yeah. to keep it a stack with you. I'm not starving, but uh, not only does YouTube take half your revenue, but the f- Canadian government currently at this moment is taking like 35% of my yearly income. Like, what? You, you know what I mean? It's like even the money that you do get, which, again, is lower than people expect, they don't factor in the taxes expenses like i'm paying for school i know adam you're paying for school as well like there's it's not like we're just sitting here buying cars you know yeah no like youtube for me is very much a supplemental income like it's nice being able to get anything from youtube like i it's awesome that you know people can watch my stuff they can appreciate it whatever watch through it i get a little bit of money awesome um it's where i'm at right now it is far from a lifestyle and you really need to, you know, build up that audience, be on that grind to make it something sustainable, which a lot of audiences, there there definitely are audience members who are like, yeah, chase the bag, chase the bag. Um, but a lot of other people are like, uh, what are you doing? YouTube is free content. Why won't you give me my free content without those dang ads uh, and all your stupid clickbait? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it's just like, I, I don't know. And the definition of clickbait is is muddied. I don't think it's lost all of its uh, meaning. It's just like title I disagree with is clickbait, basically. Clickbait is literally just a, a video. You clicked on it. It just means you clicked on it. It worked. <laughs> Have fun. Or better yet, um, this video sucks because he said something I don't agree with. Yeah, I, that's true. That's a little true. Um, can can I can I speak for all of us for a moment? Um, despite our very extensive complaining, we are very grateful to be in the position that we're in. And I think we're all, I I believe I speak for everyone where we would not want to have any other side hobby. And we're all so grateful that this is something that we can feasibly do. You know what I mean? And we're not taking, we're not trying to take that for granted. We're just trying to say that we're trying to talk about the inherent disconnect between um creator and uh viewer that just naturally occurs and and the problems that it can cause like even if i couldn't make any money from doing this whatsoever like it would probably slow down the speed i would work at certain videos due to like you know obligations and trying to keep up that like pace yeah but it's definitely still something i would do like i did not start youtube going in being like yeah cash money um (laughs) No, I made a video that I thought would get 5,000 views if I got lucky. Yeah. Um, sketched up the stupidest thumbnail I could think of in the middle of my algebra class um, on Microsoft Paint. <laughs> and then and then worked on that video for six months very sparingly. And now it's at 500,000 views. I don't know. But I, I appreciate being in this position and being able to just make stuff I'm passionate about and have people watch it and get a little bit of money too. Like... It's a yeah. it's a great dream. That that's like where I'm at too. Is that if say YouTube tanks tomorrow, no more views, no more money, I would just I would just have to slow down. Like when I was um, Nick, you you remember this when when we first started making reviews, I was in college uh, as a full time student and working part time on the side, and so it's like I'd have like only a couple of hours. Oh yeah. At the, at the end of the day, to actually work on videos, and so it would take me like two or three months to actually get it done, and and so. And they it's, were like um, twenty minute videos. Yeah, and so the fact that you know I'm able to 
nowadays get like an hour long video out every like three or four weeks is is pretty insane to me especially given that i'm still doing school full time yeah it's like that's that's like kind of all the money does it just it enables you to do it faster and it enables me to pay an editor which helps me do it faster i know you have an editor too nick who you're uh, very happy with shouts to josh and shouts to sean too and so I want to, um, this, this has been such a weird episode. I don't think we've gone on such a large tangent. Yeah. Ever this is before. basically just the, what it's like to be YouTube man featuring Adam Oziak. I feel like we, we all had so much to talk about. I know I had a lot on my mind today and I feel good talking about some of this stuff. Mm? And, and that's the other thing I, I, um, I've noticed lately is that these issues that you have on YouTube as a creator, like oh, I don't know if I should change the thumbnail or something like that. It feels so good talking to other YouTubers about that because other YouTubers are always like, oh, dude, I know. And it's like, it's so validating to talk to other people and to be able to say, um, like, just to feel validated and have them say like, yeah, I completely feel you. And it's fun connecting over this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I I got a DM like last week from uh, from the goat himself, Tony for you. Let's go. Um. It, yeah, but him him just being like, dude, I, I understand, like, the stresses of content creation, kind of, like, the ups and downs of it. Just, just let me know if you need anything. We can chat about it. And we gave, we gave each other a big old digital bro hug. But, like, you know, finding that camaraderie and, like, you know, talking to, like, like, meeting uh, both of you guys, honestly, was one of the first things of, like, meeting other people who knew the experience of it and someone I could kind of bounce that off of. And it's beyond cathartic. Yeah. And yeah, like, Adam, I think you were the first other YouTuber that I reached out to to talk to because I knew I knew Nolan in high school. Like, we, we were already friends. Yeah, we're high school sweethearts. Yeah. And I think... That was... Yeah, I think um, you're the first person I reached out to that was, like, a YouTube person. Our first interaction is so strange in retrospect because I was, like... I was kind of fishing into the community because I was, like... Is there, is there anyone out there who'd want to collab? I'm just curious, like... Because I'd seen different Megaton creators floating around. I was like, huh. Is, just anyone. Who, who's interested? And you were like, um... Um... Uh, senpai! Some uh, guy. Someone... I, I remember, it was like... You asked if anyone would like to see someone collab with you. Someone mentioned me. And then you were like, oh, who's this person? And then I saw it, and I just responded with the eyes. Well, because I, I find it funny, because, um... Yeah, you know, you're hard to remember, uh, Nick, just fluttering out of my mind. I did watch your P3 video before then, so I definitely had watched your stuff. I just didn't pair the, the name with the Yeah, thumbnail. because you did, like, someone linked it, and then you did said, yeah, I remember him. But yeah, no, so it was literally just like, okay, you know what, if he's interested, we'll see what we can do. And then you, <laughs> you joined my Discord server, and immediately i saw that you had the same chaotic energy that i did <laughs> while interacting with people there i'm like okay this this friendship is going places oh, that was, that's one of my favorite things is when people find out what i'm actually like outside of the video sphere there's there's a lot of people because like because your videos definitely have kind of like their quirkier sides to them but your delivery is played very straight yeah and outside of that, you are a maniac. Someone Absolutely needs to get you on nothing like that at all. Yeah. So I always find that really funny because, like, me and YouTube videos is honestly just me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... I say it's more animated, but honestly, the stick figure that I always fling around is probably less animated than I am. Uh, so, 
And I've always found that that dichotomy with your stuff really funny. <laughs> I mean, it's good that you um already set up people's expectations for that because I will admit, uh, when I do get a little jokey, when I do get a little a little spicy on the internet sometimes, well, think- where people don't expect it, they think I'm just an asshole. Like, wait, why did he say that? That's really mean. It's like, no, I like I was just fucking, like, I I was kidding around when I say that kind of stuff. But like, people don't expect it. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Cause like online uh there, there's a reason tone indicators exist but even those can only do so much yeah. um I, I have had to build a reputation of being the perpetual optimist online who also just does not take any situation seriously um so people used to take everything i'd say as extremely pretentious and now they're just like oh okay so it's just that dude floating around in space <laughs> yeah, fair enough I, I just want to apologize for all the YouTube talk, but you have to remember all of us are completely obsessed with this shit. So <laughs> it it's a, it is our it. day in day out. I could talk about this till the cows come home, dude. It's already been an hour. Yeah. Um, and on our little, so we had a note list. I I have no idea if we're still following it or not. <laughs> Fuck the note list. All right. You know what? My day has been going pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. For I want to say this for the people listening. We have we always do this. We always have a. List of notes, and we've been very good at following this list. Oh, yeah. It helps us gauge how much longer we have left. According to this list, we have only done the very first thing, and that was, how are you? Uh, no, we got through, who are you? Um, and then we got halfway through, how are you? Yeah, but there's, how did you start on YouTube? And you kind of said that yourself anyways, but there's still so much that we haven't even, like, all right, let's about. do a rapid fire, Adam. Okay. All right, let's go. Let's just, just like, go. Just, like... No explanation, no context. Just send it. All right. What's the biggest challenge for you to overcome in relation to YouTube? Oh, uh, dude, audio editing makes me want to die. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. Audio editing uh, makes me scream, which I then record to save for future videos, so I don't have to re-record that and edit it again. Yeah. If I if I could cut that out of of that process, I'm good. Okay, so that leads me to the next question. Uh, if there's one part of the process you could skip, uh, would it be the audio? Uh, yeah, probably. Also, okay, talking great. to you, get the frig out of here. Uh, shouts out to Nick for editing this episode. Just also, saying. number three, number three. Um, I guess we also answered that. What is the worst part about YouTube? I guess it might be the audio. No, no. Worst part of YouTube is the freaking algorithm. That the algorithm is Satan. <laughs> Making thumbnails. Yeah, don't worry, bro. I got a couple of Metacritic scores I can. Your <laughs> just put in any Sorry, Metacritic I, I get score. my my uh, Persona Five Royal zero out of ten versus uh, one thousand out of tens. Uh, people are gonna lose their minds. You know, yeah, I need to I need to copy the Metacritic format that you both have tried and it just works. put like a negative score. Put a negative score. Negative two million. And then put like put like a three hundred perfect rating. I give Persona Five a three hundred out of ten. Exactly. It's accurate to my feelings, guys. The other thing Get off my the, the meta is just like big dick don't care about titles. It's like counterculture. Yeah. You need to instead of don't capitalize on anything. Don't make an enticing title just be like, so I so I played Uncharted. And people are <laughs> gonna be like, Whoa, really? And they click on it. Just put like a close up image of like Nathan Drake's three D model doing like the big like uh like test rig smile. Uh, and then just title the video, like, the letter I, lowercase. It's fun. Um, that thumbnail was what Nolan wanted to go with originally. Yeah. Like, Dude, that is not it was a joke. like, I think my new thumbnail is 
banger by the way but i love it i love the i love the shadowy characters that's cool as fuck yeah you guys are uh, so talented but well this is the perfect example of, like you can have a nice looking thumbnail that's not a good thumbnail because click through rate has gone down but i'm not changing it again i'm too fucking embarrassed <laughs> I, I just want i just want the comments to end dude it's <laughs> like the video's an l i just want to move on with my life and forget about it it's okay remember that time when for the remember that time for the when i made the dmc1 video i made seven thumbnails and then i had to change it three <laughs> times after that anyways yeah but at least yours was over the course of like a week not like an eight hour period <laughs> oh man um Okay, so what's the best part about YouTube to you? Like, what's what's the part that you absolutely love? I mean, like, as cliche as it is, I, okay. Don't say the fans. No. Okay. It's not. It's not. It's not uh, right, I'll, I'll be honest about that. That's not a. I'm not saying that's an invalid answer. I'm just saying it's like it, it's like if you go to the the beauty pageant pageant and you're like, oh, what's your dream? World peace. Is it okay? I just come on. Entertain you guys. Give us something juicy. That's what every streamer YouTuber says. They're like. Well, I just, I just want to make people's day better and, I want to make, and make them, them happy. Make I want to make them smile, make them laugh. You know, I just want to, it's like, no, man, you just want to talk about fucking video games and that's okay. I do it for me. I do it for me. I was good it's at like, it. Why it's do I do it? Because it's fun. YouTube, Adam. If I want to help the world, I'm going to go like volunteer or some shit. <laughs> um, yeah, but like in, in a sincere note, like, yes, I, I just love YouTube as a platform, despite it being psychopathic sometimes i like i like games i like anime i like different shows whatever i just like discussing them. yeah like uh, i i care about art to an excessive degree just in general so like being able to gush about that stuff and like express my opinions while also making videos that i maybe put a bit too much effort into animating which a lot of people apparently like so like i'll i'll try and keep that up but like i like it I have a short attention span, and it just, like, keeps me locked in. Just pure energy. I yeah. think it makes you no, stand but, uh, out really well amongst, like, every other person in this community. Mm -hmm. I, I had people for years, and I even had someone mention it recently, which, like, caught me off guard. Uh, people, I, I've mentioned the stick figure a couple times, but people were like, dude, your stuff is great. Just get rid of the stick figure. Oh. Like, why are you using the stick figure? It's like, no, that is such a like unique thing to it like obviously everyone has their their rant sonas or whatever but just the stupid crude stick figure that both both templates i had for them i sketched up in maybe a minute <laughs> uh, and just running with that and doing the best i can with them it's really just stupid funny it's expressive i, I can do a ton of them because i have no artistic ability but i can draw stick figures so it's something. When me and Adam worked together on the Honey Pop 2 video, he sent me all of his stick figure things, and it was in a zip file called The Creature. <laughs> <laughs> and it had like 300 images. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. Because it's literally just like one one file. I uh Oh, yeah, I lost that file when I got a new phone. Um, But it was one file that I had to recreate create that was just the base stick figure and then different layers of different like eye positions and mouths and arm positions and just mishmashing them together into different poses and i'm just like all right export png export png uh throw them all in one file there's probably a better way to do it i don't i just deal with it so every video i make is like 
just a mountain of uh, game recordings or show or whatever, and then an even bigger mountain of stick figures that I got to sort through. I don't know. In terms of, like, video making, though, I just love expressing myself creatively like that. Yeah. Uh, some people might find it pretentious to call your videos art, uh, but they're wrong and stupid, and uh, log off. Ratio. Sorry, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm looking for something right now. Can't believe you're ruining the video. No, no, no it's because you. Uh, I think I have your your stick figure file hanging around on my computer. Okay. You guys, if you to, want it, just check your DMs and then sort for the, the file called the creature in the Discord search. I trashed the. Uh, it was actually it was La Creatura. I think some Spanish shit. I don't. I don't speak it. But I. Uh, okay, so it's not on my laptop. But I can't find the email that you sent. I think I trashed it a while ago, but... I can't believe you. It was, like, fucking a year ago. Why would you trash an and email? And I thought... I'm so sorry. I thought I knew you. I can't find it either. What the heck? All right, you just well, ruined Adam's career. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. Um, I'm never gonna recover. This, this is worse than the freaking, uh... What the slicker situation? <laughs> I scammed you out of 300 stick figure PNGs. I'm never gonna recover. You stole them all. Oh, man. Well, that was a good rapid fire. I'm glad we got through those. The rest is just like Persona and SMT. Do you even want to talk about that, Adam? You know, I talk about Persona all day. If you want to talk about Persona, we can. I can I can talk about it for hours, but I don't need to. I think if we were to talk about Persona, it would probably be like its own thing. Yeah. And we could have Adam and other people that are very passionate about that series on here. Yeah, realistically, because... the Persona questions were just in case we didn't have enough to talk about. But clearly, that is not an issue. Nah, because I, I have... we can spend hours talking about just YouTube crap. And it's always, like, unrelated, to. It's like, we talk about the Uncharted games, or we talk about Sonic. And the first, like, 90% of it, like, the whole thing is just, like... Remember that time where you, you could not stop bringing up your stupid Tomb Raider thumbnail or whatever? <laughs> No, it was just because um, cause I pronounced uh, Lara's name as Laura. Yeah, yeah, and you kept getting comments, and every single time we recorded, you would always <laughs> come I back with... I still get fucking comments over it, dude. <laughs> to this day. I don't know what it is. I've noticed, like... And it's not even like I initiated it, because definitely, like, Nolan, you, you were kind of just going off, which, nothing wrong with it. I've noticed that every time I go on, like, a podcast or something like this, something about my energy causes everything to go on a tangent for like hours because i i've gone on a lot with uh spencer from uh, shin megami tensei network and normally his videos are more structured they just kind of go on for like an hour maybe an hour and a half uh it's pretty good i go in there it goes on for like three and a half hours we'll it'll be a video themed around soul hackers and we'll be talking about better call Saul for two hours like it it's nonsense <laughs> on my show up <laughs> dude when he said better call Saul it's like all of these fucking memes came flooding through my head you just thought of him looking at the camera holy shit yeah the 3d model thing <laughs> <laughs> have either of you watched a better call Saul or breaking bad I watched the first season of breaking bad that's it nah I haven't watched it I don't have much time for tv I, I hear other fantastic shows I was a piece of shit when I watched it because I watched the first season of Breaking Bad in like a weekend. I was like, wow, that's the best television I've ever watched and I never watched any more of it. Oh, season one of Breaking Bad is easily the worst season. Have fun. Oh, man. Actually, you know what? I just finished watching the first season of Daredevil last night. I know I'm late, but wow. Great show. <laughs> that's another... Well, okay. Season one is not the worst season of Daredevil. What's the worst um, season? Maybe the second season. Fuck. 
higher highs, lower lows. Okay. But, but, fantastic show. Season three is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, have fun with that. Thank you. I will. Never mind. I hope you don't. Not with that attitude. I just said thank you. I will. Okay, fuck you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hate it, and I'm gonna blame you. Polar opposites. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. My the, the stuff that's been on my mind, like grind wise and just time which you know i should be editing my video uh <laughs> you have no idea how many times i've muttered that phrase <laughs> listen listen this platoon 3 has consumed me is it good uh, i i i have been not okay i have i have put like 50 hours into that game already it is bad it's not bad it's fantastic but that's gonna be me when uh the new cod game comes out most dude bro thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay, but yeah. you gotta you gotta commit to it. Look, be be I, the dude bro you were meant to be. Yeah, like that's kind of I'm past the whole like because it's it's the internet and people say, oh, Call of Duty's bad. It gets worse every year. Don't fucking care. All right. Uh, I make fun I of you care. for saying that, but like just a few days ago, we were both talking about installing Warzone when the new one comes out. Yeah, I'm gonna play Warzone too. Like I. I <laughs> It's because no game scratches that itch, and it's because it's so popular, and it's so... You know, you know what else it is? It's toxic. Oh, it I is. I love talking shit to people. Like, I'm not one of those people... Like, I'm not going to yell, like, slurs at somebody over the uh, over the mic, but just things like... Uh, so, in Warzone, if you die, um, <laughs> if you kill someone, you can hear their microphone for a few seconds after you kill them, and so it's really good because you'll kill someone, and they'll be like, fuck, or something like that, but then... <laughs> It's, but then you can talk to the other person. So if I get killed, I'm like, you're fat. <laughs> the last so words I heard, the last words I heard before like dying by a hail of gunfire was "you're fat," followed by like a road runner speed off down the road. I, I, I would. I would have every regret. What people do, and this is one of my favorites, is they'll just moan in the microphone. So I'll be like perfectly locked in. I'm hitting every shot. I kill someone. They go, Daddy! And it just throws me completely off and I fucking die because you you can't not laugh at that shit. It's too funny. And so in Warzone 2, they're putting in proximity chat, which is, for those who don't know, is if two players are close to each other in game, they can hear each other like their microphones. <laughs> and so you could be shooting someone and be actively saying like, fuck you. <laughs> no, yeah, because then you can just scream at someone as you're sprinting up to them. So it's just going to slowly. That would be so scary. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I agree that I think there's some games where it gets too much. Like I think Valorant is very... um is very bad for just like unnecessary screaming at people. But I feel like every now and then it's kind of fun to just like argue with somebody over a game. Like I play Overwatch solo queue, which is hell on earth. And when people start getting mad at me, sometimes if they're completely in the wrong, I'll just fucking start yelling at them back. Cause it's, it's fun when two people are just like, you're not fucking doing your job. You're not doing your job. And sometimes you just want to get in some shit, you know? Okay. Cause I, I can relate on all fronts on this though. You know, Splatoon is a, well, okay, on a core level is very similar, aesthetically very different. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm a, I'm a relatively polite person, I'd like to think. Playing Splatoon, I become a, de- a demon. Uh, 
because I'll literally pick like the worst shooter weapon in the entire game and then just sneak up behind them like every single enemy person and just massacre them and the entire time be screaming about how they got killed by the worst weapon and just like questioning towards the sky what kind of morons I'm facing and it's evil and wrong and I should have sympathy but I don't why did they lose to the aerospray what is wrong with you I have a similar thing where, where it's like I, I try really hard to in my personal life and online um, to be as friendly and kind as possible you know I try to give the benefit of the doubt I try to be as nice as possible because I, I think like because that's the kind of person I want to be and so I try to be like that as much as possible but Nick knows when when I get into a fucking competitive shooter, man, it is, it is bad. Like, we'll play Fortnite, and we're killing nine-year-olds. And after every kill, I'm like, trash, L, can't believe you died to that gun. Fucking awful. Uninstall the game. And it's just, it's bad. Or it's, you know, sometimes But, but in gets... real life, you're, you're a very dapper dude. You, you really had to restrain yourself from, you know, putting me at gunpoint to do this podcast. Yeah. Um, and you still did, but like... It's the thought that counts. Yeah, you do what you got to do, right? Or sometimes exactly. we get the um, the greatest clip of all time where Nolan killed a guy as Venom and he segues <laughs> over to me, like revives me, and then we both do the gritty emote at the same time, just following each other. Yeah, and, and there was no coordination. Or no, there was. It. I was like, oh yeah, do the gritty, three, two, one, go. <laughs> it's such fun. a good clip. It was so funny. And it's follow, so toxic. Follow Nolan's Twitter. He puts bangers out. Uh, occasionally. It, it, but it, it really is like I feel bad because in retrospect I'm like oh man am I being rude? But then I think you know it, it, as long as the other person starts it then then I don't care. Really, it's Epic who's being rude because they put the funniest emotes in the game. Yeah, like they're the one allowing me to do the renegade for five whole minutes. <laughs> they gave me the ability someone. to purchase Goku and have him do emotes, so I did just that. Venom sits down and plays the banjo with a moai head That's on his so back. Funny. After so he funny. kills you with a gold AR. <laughs> Fortnite is such an interesting game as being this, like, cultural amalgamation that I can't place my finger on. It, it quite it quite literally is everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm going to play it tonight. There's a brand new season. And guess who's in it? Spider-Gwen. I did see that. My friends yeah. are all hyped. I yeah. still have... I think, I think I've played a total of five minutes of Fortnite. Hey, well, if you want to play another five... Let me know. Well, because I'm not even opposed to playing. I've heard, especially after no build, like it's a fantastic fun time. Yeah. Um, and I might. I'm just lazy and I haven't, but I probably should. Though I also did state definitively, and I stand my ground on this. I will become a perpetual Fortnite player the day that not if, but the day that Joker Persona Five gets added to Fortnite. When they do that, I'm I'm gonna buy him instantly. I'm just saying it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It, it will happen. And his glider will be the Morgana bus. Uh, that would be amazing. It'll yep. be Arsene. I like the bus. But no, it'll be. Dude, and he'll have a fucking tarot card on his for his backpack. Yeah, it's like variants. He'll have the one with the mask, the one without the mask. Or it's just going to be him in the Phantom Thieves outfit and him in the Shujin outfit. Yeah, like in Smash Bros. Yeah. It's poggers. I love it. That list is going to make me broke again. I freaking, I, I got that stupid collector's edition. I'm buying Persona 5 on PC the day it comes out. I'm probably not even going to play it. Yeah. No, because I... Okay, because I want to make more P5 videos. Because, like, I, I often do get pinned as, like, the Persona 5 guy. Because early on, I made a ton of P5 videos. And won't even admit it. 
That game lives rent-free in my head. I could talk about it for years. I will I somehow will never get burnt out on that game. But the thing is, now I have to wait for the 60 FPS version to come out if I want to record footage. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll get the PS5 version. Well, if I'm going to get this, I guess I'll get the Steelbook. Oh, there's the Collector's Edition. Well, there goes my wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Who needs to pay for school textbooks anyways? Yeah, you can pirate that shit. Exactly. (laughs) I'm actually psyched. My particular university has had a lot of issues uh, with actually acquiring books. And so for the last, like, three semesters, all of our readings have been free uh, online sources. Gosh, I had the worst textbook situation the other day uh, that I still need to get resolved. So... I'm taking an algebra class in college right now, uh, and I, I promise this is an interesting story. I am not burning your podcast to the ground. Um, hey, guys, welcome back to the Algebra Pod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, guys, we're talking math today. Yeah, but so they uh, they said that it was a mandatory $80 fee to actually – it said there was a lab fee, and I was like, what, like, what do you mean like a math lab? Okay. So I'm like, whatever. I signed up for the class because – you had to, like, every single one of them had that fee. So I signed up for it. And I realized they're like, yeah, no, the lab is an online program where we're going to send you 50 assignments every week and you're going to have fun with that. Um, But you have to get a code from the textbook, which costs, like, upwards of $80. Have fun and get that before the semester goes too far in. So, fun. How much are your assignments worth? Uh, it, It's stacking up. That's all I'll say. I haven't really I... I had a similar situation in one of my math classes, but the weekly assignments were only worth 15%. I just tanked that shit. Okay, that's fair. They definitely... I used Galaxy Brain, and I waited until COVID got really bad in my area, and my school shut down, and everything had to go online before I took my math classes, so I could cheat the whole way through. I'm going to tell your professor, I'm mad at you. No, dude, honestly, I I think it's... Fuck it. I'm a history and women's studies major. What the fuck do I need to know calculus for? So insane how hard post-secondary schools try to gouge you for money. So bad. Um, Yeah, but so anyways, I'm like, crap, I gotta get the stupid textbook. Okay, so I look online, and the my college has like a dedicated bookstore mm-hmm. that the teacher said to go to. So I go there. Textbook's not there. I'm like, okay. Email the professor. He... He sends me essentially a bot reply where he's like, yeah, check the bookstore. I'm like, I just said that. (laughs) So I look again and I see a textbook finally show up labeled for my class, $180. That's insane. I'm like, I am going to scream, but uh, because I I have like a financial aid plan going on right now because I'm a poor boy. Uh, And if I fail this class, that's gone. So I'm like, well sacrifices must be made so i buy it takes a week to show up when it does instead of being a uh you know a textbook what i get is saran wrap surrounding a big block of pages so i'm like okay let me open this i open it to 400 pieces of paper loose leaf yep just separate which i was not informed by on the website which made me immediately miserable and the best part is, it was the wrong textbook. Oh, that is that's insane. Awful. Which I then emailed the professor, who then says, oh yeah, just um, just go to the bookstore. It's like, go to the bookstore, get a book. Yeah, it, it's like, it's fucking insane that you pay two, three hundred dollars for a stack of papers. Yeah, it is insanity. And math is really bad for that. 
I'm trying to return that now, and they're like, it better be in the position where you got it. I'm like, that's not even possible. Better if include all the saran wrap. It, it is going to, like, bend or tear or something. There's <laughs> no way. There, there are very few things that I am as vitriolically negative towards than the school system. Yeah, same here. Um, cause, okay, because a lot of, like, stuff on this I go on, which, you know, the outline kind of showed it, it's like, yeah, like, who are you? How, how's your, uh, how's YouTube for you? What's your favorite thing about that? All of my most insane stories are pre-YouTube. My life chilled out. My, my, like, middle high school experience, like, both of those, like, are, even elementary school, like, my entire pre-college school experience is pure insanity, because I... I went into my final year with, I think, like a 0.5 GPA. Holy shit. Yeah, it was... The fact that I graduated is an unbridled miracle. But so I went into that with a 0.5 where I had a really good counselor. Most school counselors don't care. This woman genuinely saw my situation and was really passionately, like, cared about it to the point that... She got switched as my counselor and still went to me and she was like, I'm going to be real. Your new counselor sucks. Just if you really need anything, come to me. <laughs> um, yeah, but so they said that I needed a unweighted 6.0 GPA to graduate. So I, uh, I had to take maybe 13 classes. Oh, my God. In that one year, like including oh. online classes. Uh, and, and they'd sit me in the same room for three periods straight. Just on a computer where I'd grind out that assi- like the assignments. Most of them I uh, I cheated, uh, used Quizlet because that is unreasonable. And the most insane thing is, by the end of the year, after doing everything, last second they're like, "Uh oh yeah, by the way, you need to take uh, two more courses." Because one of them, like my fault, I failed. Actually, no, okay, that was that was a dumb situation. Uh, but I'll I'll explain that in a second. First one. I don't even know. They just threw another class on me. So I had to complete an entire semester of classes in a day, just in a seven hour period. And the other one, I took a final exam that would, if I passed it, would give me an instant A. But the grades for that went in after graduation. What a load of bullshit. Yeah. So that one, I was just screwed. And that was an English class. So, uh, yeah, I could. I cannot do an entire thing of that in one day on top of the freaking economics course or whatever I had to take. Uh, but my teacher was probably the coolest teacher I've ever met in my life. He quite literally just gave me the A and bailed me out because he was a cool guy and liked me and knew that I was, like, a freaking writer. <laughs> he basically just went, like, okay, but, like, next time do your work. Uh, which, fair. Yeah, I... Me graduating was actually a miracle. I don't get it. <laughs> my life became so much better when I finished high school. Agreed. My mental health skyrocketed. You want to know something funny, Adam? Mm-hmm. Go uh, for it. Despite my job, I almost failed uh, high school English. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like... Because well, how the school system is built is just wrong. <laughs> yeah, because they force nerds like me to write about shakespeare instead of poggers video games they're having you write about shakespeare trying to write essays about a medium you're supposed to witness visually okay well never heard that before but that's actually a great point that's the thing shakespeare on paper is boring 
Yeah. It's freaking boring. Not because Shakespeare is bad or that it's out of date or anything. It's because you're supposed to experience freaking Macbeth on a stage where you're seeing that man's coat shrink and the constant like dramatization of everything. Because that's what hooks you. That's what it was. It was never meant to be a friggin' novel. Okay, to be fair, <laughs> I don't know who, I, I don't know the author, but whatever person came up with No Fear Shakespeare deserves a big old kiss on the lips. That is also 100% true. Uh, for those who don't know, No Fear Shakespeare is, it takes a, a play like Macbeth or something like that and rewrites every single scene in like modern English so you can actually completely understand what is happening and it even has like little footnotes being like oh this symbolized this this and this back in the day and it is beautiful it makes it so much more digestible um and it makes it easier to understand and if you're writing about it that's huge because you need to understand what you're writing about love that that was a big game changer in high school (laughs) I I can't stop thinking about what you said how Shakespeare's a visual medium like his plays and such and they make you analyze the text it would be like that's the equivalent of taking the movie script for like the screenplay for the dark knight and then having to analyze that for an assignment even then I understand that more because at least like that accounts for like direction stage direction has like descriptions of what's going on more so Mm-hmm. Shakespeare is like the way they have those written down is very light on it. It's just like setting. This is where they are. <laughs> uh, maybe one detail. Go. Exterior forest Macbeth. It's like what is this? <laughs> uh, the exterior forest. Excuse you. <laughs> There's an interior forest. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, the school system is abysmal. Hate it. Wow. This was an episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep it a stack with you, okay? My dad, are the biggest fan of Polar Opposites, okay? It's not up for discussion. He's told me that his favorite parts of the episodes are the slice of life things. Um, he said, because they're, they're a lot more relatable. And he said that for somebody who doesn't play video games, it's the most approachable, or not approachable, accessible part of the podcast. And so I think this episode was full of that. And I think this this is this is great. I would also like to apologize directly to your dad for swearing so much because I know he has an issue with my swearing. Oh, mine too. I've I've dropped a couple of fuck bombs in this episode. Oh, sorry. You, you, dad, you can't see me. I'm doing a hail mary as we speak. It's chill. <laughs> He's standing behind you right now. He's behind me right now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I don't say swear words. I am ashamed of your potty mouths, and you really got to think before you speak. And I think that's the moral of the episode. I don't know how you're, like, able to do that, man. It's, like, I'm so bad with it. Like, I've had... (laughs) I've had people say, wow, you swear so much. It's, like, I can't help it. Like, I don't think about it. And I'm not sure how you even get into that, like, mindset. You know what it is? What? I'm telling you, for me, I've noticed I swear a lot because it's a filler word. Oh, yeah. It it replaces the, uh, the ums and likes. Yeah. And people say... I remember reading online when I was a teenager... Because I wanted to justify my own very excessive cursing, I googled why do people swear so much or something like that. And they said that supposedly very intelligent people swear. And I just want to say right now, I think that is a load of bullshit. Yeah, I'm the smartest well, I, man I, I was going to say way to rub it in, dude. I, I do <laughs> not You're dumb. Actually, you know what? I've been making an effort to not swear as much and to be more direct 
with my wording. Uh, and I know I'm not good at that because even in this episode, when we were talking about the slicker thing, I was saying, oh, it's just fucked up. And obviously you can't spend time deliberating everything. And it's a, it's a skill that you need to work on. But I remember I, the, the reason was because I met with this doctor years ago. It was just like some, some like medical thing. It's not a big deal. And I, I told him, I was like, yeah, so this is what I'm facing. And you know, it's really, um, I said, I, I said, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it, it, it's fucked. And he looked at me, he was like, you know, Nolan, there are so many beautiful words in the English language. Surely you could find one to describe what you're talking about. And I was like, whoa. And then he said no and hit the gritty. Yeah. Fuck off. Fuck you, whore. We like Fortnite. We like Fortnite. And then I, I yeah, and then I grittied out of there. But seriously, I, that, that like completely changed my perspective on language as a whole. See, I, I find it interesting because like, not even to disagree with that, but, uh, because, like, I, I love doing YouTube. My main passion is just straight up, like, writing, like, novel writing. And I find it really funny because as someone who does not say, like, anything at least that I consider a swear, writing characters who do, which is not unnatural or hard, it's just really funny getting into the mentality of them and finding out what is, like, the good balance of, like, natural while not being excessive. And, like, you know, sometimes you need to find those better, like, clearer words. But sometimes they're they're just gonna say uh, the the f word, uh, and you gotta deal with it. Well, and I think that's what gives curse words power is when they're used infrequently. And and I think because I do think there's a, there is a place for curse words. Com- I completely think that profanity has its place, even within a professional setting. But it has to be scarce and it has to be very deliberate. Because you gotta think- swear with a purpose. Yeah, and because I think, especially within a writing context, cursing can be used to convey emotion very well. Yeah, for, like if you have yeah. a show. So, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, if you have a show like, for instance, I always think of a uh, BoJack Horseman. Uh, I don't know if either of you watched that. I've seen a few episodes. Yeah, fantastic show. It, it starts off a little slow, but gets really good. They have a rule of only saying uh, the f word once per season, and every single time it happens, it is representative of a major relationship just breaking just Mm -hmm. permanently and it is one of the most effective uses of just that i've ever seen in the show it's a very small thing but it is very strong it's like that time in persona 5 strikers where ryuji actually says fuck and it's like so huge that that's like a combined like 150 hours of build-up of the persona 5 experience and it works. And as yeah, as a player, I was like, "Oh, Ryuchi, my god!" Like they cut out all the music and they put so much emphasis on it. It's like holy heck. And when you boil it down, it's so stupid because it's just like, he, why is this he's like, so emotional? Because he said, "Fuck, fuck. Up, idiot!" <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Wow. Well, uh, uh, just for for Nick's sake, I want to say that we should. Uh, wrap things up because we're coming up on an hour and 35 minutes of recording here and uh this was exceptional guys adam thank you so much for joining us yeah it was a great interview i'm glad we got to pick your brain a lot about the process and all the ideas you have just burning in your mind yeah glad we got a comprehensive look at my uh at my youtube scene i genuinely believe that this was a really good piece of uh look into just your energy (laughs) yeah that's the best way to put it and it's not a bad thing at like, all like, oh, fuck sorry i was just saying it's not a bad thing okay <laughs> you're fine <laughs>
<laughs> well, like you said, you have this weird energy where when you're just here, people just can't help but just talk about everything. Like it, just... It just everything goes off the rails, which I, I find it funny because like I I am simultaneously a really quiet kind of reserved person in like in person. But when you get me in that mode, I never shut up and everyone will try their best to make that happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have no no idea how many times i've wanted to end episodes of this podcast and nolan just won't stop it's a genetic thing i can explain it if you like <laughs> no oh. it won't stop <laughs> i can it's, it's quick it's a quick explanation genuinely go for it nick do i have your permission okay go for it if it goes longer than two minutes i'm gonna cut you off my grandparents my mother and everyone in my family does this it's where they say goodbye and then the conversation continues for like 45 minutes after. I did this at my grandma's house this past week. We were there visiting and just having a good time. And then we stood up, put our shoes on, and we talked at the front door for another half an hour. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but it, and I do it. Um, my brother does it. My sister does it. My my mom does it. And everyone on my mom's side does it. My dad and my dad's side doesn't do it. But so I genuinely, it, I think it's a genetic thing. Well, still, it even happens in Discord calls. Like, I was talking to Tony last night, and like, oh, it was so... I, f I feel so bad, because we were gonna join our regular group call, but he wanted help with his thumbnail. And he was like, oh, I don't want any distractions, could we just, like, do it in, like, a private call? I was like, okay, sure. I help him with the thumbnail, and then we just, like, start watching clips of the TV show Utopia. <laughs> and then we start talking about fucking a character from resident evil and we go down like this rabbit hole of just like looking at random shit and little did we know like four hours pass and everyone's already gone it's like oh uh oh well it's because you're enjoying the the company you're you're having fun no yeah like whenever i've called like either of you guys or like both together uh which honestly i need to do more um Agreed. but i'll be like yeah i'll be here for like an hour or two and then you know i'm three hours ahead of you time zone wise so i'll be up until like 5 30 in the morning just vibe out and be like okay i think it might be time to go uh and then i don't it's <laughs> the end of loop. one one kind of last note that i i wanted to at least uh elaborate on kind of similar to what nolan was saying but in my own little way uh which might i don't i don't understand the cause of it but it might elaborate some things about that energy we were describing so I've realized that I have reverse stage fright, which I find very strange, and I don't understand it. Because I remember before COVID, uh, I was taking a public speaking class uh, in college. And with that class, obviously, you know, you had to go up and do speeches. And some of them, I was a psychopath, so I decided to improvise. And, you know, me going up, like, my anxiety is nowhere near as bad as it used to be, but, like, I, I would be sitting there shaking, just like, oh, gosh, I gotta get this, this is gonna suck. And then I'd get up on stage, and I'd just be, like, in the zone, and just riff like crazy. Just pure energy, just no, like, sheer confidence. And then I'd walk off the stage and just go, <laughs> what just happened? So, like, I, I don't understand. I have that inverse of, like, the moment I have that kind of, like, audience to entertain, and just that kind of energy to it, I'm just good to go. And I, I have sheer confidence with it. I don't get how it works. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just hard to shut off once you start. Like, <laughs> we have so many issues with just hanging up calls sometimes that I'll even just straight up say I'm going and then I just hang up just to stop it. Get away from me.
I've talked to Nolan so many times where it's like, yeah, I'll take a break for an hour. It's never an, it's never an hour. <laughs> and I always know it's not going to be an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if I join a Discord call with people, like, while I'm working with someone, I just have to, I have to concede with the fact that if I join this call, this is the last thing I do before I sleep. Okay, we're at an hour and 41 minutes. I have to piss so bad that my back teeth are floating. Let's, like, let's shut it off. Adam, get the fuck out of here. No! Let's fi- let's finish this off. Adam, where can people find you? On the internet. Good answer. Uh, Nick, do you have any closing things you want to say? Well, thank you, Adam, for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you on. It's always mm-hmm. great to have on friends. Yep. Like, we had a great time with Tony, great time with you. Hopefully, we can keep up this streak in the future whenever we have another person on. And I hope that we one day can finally have a podcast episode that is beneath an hour 30 minutes just for once but that's probably not going to happen yeah so thank you guys for listening um greatly appreciated and we'll see you hopefully sooner than later take care